All right, all right, all right. Welcome. This is Carmine Davis, and you are listening to the Carmine Davis Show. How are you feeling? I'm good, actually. Um, it's been actually a cool day. Um, I actually just left my favorite place in Cumming, Georgia, Los Rios. Shout out to those in Los Rios, the Mexican restaurant. Y'all keep me lit. I am on my I had like two 32 ounce margaritas. I had an ACP cheesy chicken over rice, which I normally don't get. I like I get the Texas fajita, but when I'm just there to drink, I get the ACP and eat it with my tortillas and my salsa just to have something on my stomach. I really go to just drink and my checks are always like 12 bucks. So shout out to Myra, my bartender. I love you, girl. Thank you for keeping me lit. But you didn't come here to hear all that. Before we go forward. Make sure you smash the subscribe button, like, comment, rate, and review this podcast. I don't do it for my health. You know, I'm in good health. You know, I got good, good blood pressure. My weight, you know, I'm a little thicky thick, but I'm healthy. So I could use a like, a comment, a rate. Y'all are really, really showing out. This last episode with Don Robinson was amazing. I can go on and on and on and on about Don Robinson, but that was last week's show. And that was the after show where I on Patreon, patreon.com slash Carmine Davis. There is a new (sighs) child. There is a new show that I'm working on called Carmine Davis. Now it's an after show where I discuss everything um, that I discuss on the show, but not even just everything I discuss on the show. It's more like a behind the scenes. You get to know me um, about the last 24 hours of premieres Fridays. So it's the last 24 hours of every show and kind of like sometimes day to day or day in a life or I discuss in further details about the show that we previously did that dropped on Thursday. So make sure you tune into patreon.com slash Carmine Davis. And that's not the only thing we have on there. We have all kind of goodies, um, some new music drops, some music visuals, and all that coming to patreon.com slash Carmine Davis. But make sure you follow for Carmine Davis now, the after show for the Carmine Davis show. But anyway, okay, let's just dive right into it. Um, child, okay, you know, if you are new to the show, you know that, or you don't know, but the first thing we do is the hot topics. And this week's hot topic, child, is a doozy. Um, okay, so if you don't know, there is a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion special coming to HBO Max. Um, and I'm excited about it because I wanted to see it when the original previews came up. I wanted to see exactly what this hot topic is about. I want, I didn't know if they would even bother to go there, but I know lately Will Smith has really been in his real messy bag. He is seeing the profit of just laying and being vulnerable and he is sharing his life, sharing all his errors of his previous life, talking about things that he probably 
would not have talked about a couple of years ago back when he was Will Smith, the budding actor that he was. Now Will Smith is that nigga and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And to keep his, and the important thing right now is to keep his name in the headlines and keep the money going in. And Jeanette Hubbard has helped him through the years. And according to lovebscott.com, shout out to lovebscott.com, Jeanette Hubbard confronts Will Smith during Fresh Prince reunion. Okay, so if you, for some reason, you have no idea about this, Jeanette Hubbard and Will Smith, baby, I think actually Jeanette Hubbard really made it her mission to be Will Smith's arch nemesis throughout his entire career. No matter what Will Smith, no matter what accolade Will Smith um gained there was Jeanette Janet like being there oh well you know to remind y'all what he did to to her back in the 90s on Fresh Prince oh Will got a star on the walk of Hollywood fame you know Janet was here to tell y'all oh well you know he kicked me off the shelf for being too dark-skinned back in the day and too difficult to work with like she was always that shadow over his career which you know up until this point in the last couple of years I feel like nobody was up I don't I can't think about a time when Will had any real public people never really went against him publicly I'm sure he had his issues um behind the screen or in behind the scenes but it was Janet Hubbard and Jada Pickett were his big scandals through his career. He, you know, he had his little whispers and all that people coming up and saying they dated him and how he had all these male escorts, which I believe all of it to a certain extent because he is a man of power in Hollywood. And we all know how they get down. I'm sorry, I have Luna in my lap, my doggy. So if you hear a little rustling, she is right beside me. She won't quiet down. They normally are really, really good about being quiet in their um, on the floor or in their crates or whatever when I record. But it's been a long day and Luna needs some attention. So excuse me. But um, Janet Hubbard was <laughs> Will Smith's biggest arch nemesis. And I feel like she directly kind of made um, up until that point she was a a a black fly in his milk like he that speck that in in a stellar career and him choosing to use this platform as a means to double back because he has been getting messy will smith is a man of distinction he is a hollywood titan he doesn't really need to do anything but i feel like except keep his name in the press and that would keep interest around him keeping those movie people in those butts I mean those butts in those seats to see movies of his and the way that people are liking it now or people what is attracting people's intimacy and Will is starting to learn that and being vulnerable and honest and truthful and I think Will is using this reunion and Janet Hubbard as a way of bringing attention to the HBO Max reunion so anyway after the drop here's the drop after a nasty falling out between janet hubbard and the cast of the fresh prince of bel-air when she was replaced before the show's fourth season 27 years ago the original banks family has finally put its feud behind them 
Hubbard was replaced with Daphne Maxwell Reed following the third season of the Smash 90s sitcom before star Will Smith claimed she was difficult to work with in the years that followed. Though she too would slam him in nearly every interview she could, Smith extended, Smith extended an olive branch for the new 30-year reunion special, which dropped Wednesday evening on HBO Max. Midway through the hour and 15-minute special, during which Smith reunited with everyone else from the show, save Hubbard, Will commented on how they had never really together publicly talked about what happened with Janet. For me, it felt like... I couldn't celebrate 30 years of Fresh Prince without finding a way to celebrate Janet. He explained before showing some some footage of the one-on-one conversation he had with Hubbard the previous day. Before the conversation began, both Smith and Hubbard acknowledged in a separate confessionals the issues they had on set back in the day. During the third season, when I got pregnant, there was a lot of things going on in my life and Will's life as well. There was some friction because I was pregnant. Home life was not good at all, explained Hubbard. I was no longer laughing, smiling, joking because there was thing, there were things going on nobody knew about. The cast had no idea. The cast had no idea what was going on. Situation. I wasn't perceptive and ha- now that I've had three kids, I've learned some things. I did not know at the time and I would do things very differently, he said it to the camera. I can see why I made it the set very difficult for Janet. She went to explain that he was offered a really bad deal where she would only work for two months and two weeks and couldn't work anywhere else. Wow. Um, That meant my salary was cut. I had a new baby and a husband who was out of work. I said, no, she said, I did not accept the offer. I was never fired. The misconception was always put out there. I was trapped that what could I do? When the decision was made to recast the role, Hubbard said that she was hurt deeply, deeply. Hubbard and Smith greeted each other with a hug as they acknowledged how long it has been since they'd seen each other and been in the same room. Saying the reunion was tough for her, Hubbard began with asking him a question that had been on her mind for years. I just want to know one thing. Why? Why so far? You guys went so far. I lost so much. She said, how do we heal? As Will told Hubbard, he didn't know your story. She told him it was insane. Before she detailed what was happening in her life around the time she exited the series. When I left the show, I had this new baby and no one. Family disowned me. Hollywood disowned me. My family said you've ruined your, our name and I wasn't unprofessional. I wasn't unprofessional on the set. She said to Smith, I just stopped talking to everybody because I didn't know who to trust from the show. They said it was you who banished me because you were Will. You were a kid. It was hard. 
You didn't realize I was going through a lot at home. You didn't know, she said before claiming she was in a very abusive marriage. Looking back, thanks to his own experience with children, marriage, and divorce, Smith said he could see how the level of pain and the level of struggle that it was for you to just show up every day. You took all of that away from me with your words. Words can kill. I lost everything, reputation, everything, everything, she continued. I understand you were able to move forward, but you know those words calling a black woman difficult in Hollywood is the kiss of death. It's hard enough when you, a dark-skinned black woman, is in this business. With that said to him, she said that she now felt it was necessary for us to finally move forward before apologizing for having blasted you to pieces in the media for years. First of all, thank you for sharing that with me. I didn't know that. When I look back now, it's obvious you were having a hard time, and I felt like you hated me, he replied. I could not do a 30-year celebration of the show and not celebrate you. Celebrate your contributions to the show and celebrate your contribution to my life. He then told her he hopes to be someone who can protect her going forward and not someone who unleashes dogs on you. He said, you're still my Aunt Viv. After hashing it out one-on-one, Smith asked the rest of the cast whether they would open to speak with her as well. They said they would love to, as Reed, her replacement, revealed the two had never before met. What followed was footage of Hubbard reuniting with everyone in the cast before finally hugging Reed, something Karen Patterson, a.k.a. Hillary, said was the most incredible thing. That was chilling. That was a dream come true. That was a full circle moment added DJ Jazzy Jeff. As Satiana Ali said, witnessing their embrace made her heart really full. Hubbard said being with the rest of the cast was unbelievable and wonderful before Smith said he hoped others could take something away from them being able to finally bury the hatchet. The full Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion special is available now on HBO Max. Well, okay, so, so much to unpack. Okay, so, um, hats off for Will Smith for being present and current and having his ear to the ground and being conscious of the current state of Hollywood. Um, either publicly <laughs> go ahead and do your soul searching and understand what you, the wrongs you've done to women in this industry or anybody in this industry or get blasted and drug and canceled. Not that I, I feel like it's, it was insincere. I feel like, um, will probably felt that kind of way prior, maybe years or so ago. Um, I, I, I somewhat believe him because he could have, Actually, no, he I don't think he could have done this reunion special and capitalized off this without having Aunt Viv and without having that conversation again. And he had to realize that there was no real conversation to be had. Um, Every issue that he had was with her was a business issue. You know what I mean? Like it was not a business. It was personal. It was, he was in a little asshole who was the star of the show. Didn't like this bitch's, you know, attitude towards him on his own fucking show and got rid of her. 
when he was young at that time when you could get rid of the dark skinned bitch and nobody would ask questions. He literally replaced her. He didn't try to find a, a an actor, I mean, an actress of a same skin tone and the same demeanor. Everything about the replacement of Aunt Viv was yin and yang. She was miltose. She was um, light skin. She was just completely different. She was, they were, they were, he chose, it was, the choice was, and the, was obvious it was apparent that it was purposeful it was on purpose and him choosing to just acknowledge it in a a blip and never really talking about it and acting like she was the most difficult you know person in Hollywood and never really having any culpability about what he did for years is the same thing that a lot of men in Hollywood have done so many years and if he was a white man they they all do it but the fact is that at the end of the day, I am happy that he chose not to make this a messy situation and kind of, it was 30 years. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is something that has aged like wine. It's a, it's a great show. The kids watch it still. We watch it. You know, it it's, it's something that everybody and everywhere it's on. It's always on. People watch it. People know. And I don't even know if it, it's just timeless. It, it, and so to capitalize off of that and do it in this in this temperament and in this um in this in this time he had to and make it even. He had to do what he had to do and talk to J- Janet or is it Jeanette? I want to say it's Jeanette Hubbard. I feel horrible. You know, if one thing about me, I'm going to butcher. If I don't remember your name, I'm going to butcher it. So forgive me, you know, Janet, Jeanette, y'all know what's up. But he, like I told some woman last week, I'm not a journalist. Okay. I'm a singer, not a motherfucking journalist, but I have an opinion. You know, yeah, I might butcher your name, but my opinion still stays the same. And I feel like it was a good thing. All in all, it was a good thing. I felt like it was a smart thing, and I felt like it was a fair thing to do to bring Janet, Jeanette on, celebrate her, have that one-on-one, that conversation. You'll see her probably in the next Will Smith picture or um, Overbrook in the in Overbrook Entertainment picture, and they'll move on and never never have to deal with it again. He has one less angry woman on his roster of you know what I mean like one you know what I'm saying it's and it makes for great tv we're going to tune in I'm going to watch it without a shadow of a doubt I am going to watch it um I got it queued up on my HBO Max right now and you know I mean it's a win-win why I mean he is Will Smith what does he have to lose with sharing a moment and getting those ratings the same thing with Jada you know Jada sat there and ripped this man and told him how he was basically unable to satisfy her for a very, very long time or if ever. And it's Will Smith. Like at the end of the day, like he is untouchable. He is Will Smith. Let's get let's get these ratings. Let's keep our name, you know, entangled in the industry and in these press and keep it moving. And hats off to um Will Smith. Janet Jeanette and all of them for coming back I think that's so great there's one of the only 
casts that I felt like, um, like all of our black, it's so sad watching like shows like Moesha when we know that there could not really be a reunion like that. Um, because they were all dead. You know what I'm saying? Like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, of course, lost so many people. Um, I mean, lost, um, you know, um, who did they? <laughs> um, who did they lose? I'm sorry. I'm not in my right mind right now. Who died? I want to say the father. I know the father died. Um, who, that was it. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, they don't have a tragedy. They don't have a tragic story. You know, Tatiana Ali is there, still there. Um, it, it's just, it's different. Carlton, like it's opposed to Moesha where it's just Brandy and Char Jackson left. You know what I'm saying? And Countess Vaughn, like everybody on Moesha is dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know that sounds horrible, but it's true. So it's good to see a black sitcom be able to have a 30th anniversary with majority of their cast alive and well and still um, eating the, you know, from the fruits that they sowed back in the day. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to them. But anyway, moving on, you know, if you're just tuning in, this show has three segments and the middle segment is always the musical spotlight. Um, most times we celebrate an artist or an event or a concept that is musical and about artists that, of course, that I love. And this week I want to talk about that chill in the air. You know what I'm talking about when it, it gets a little nipply outside. Um, I, those pumpkins start kind of disappearing. And those Christmas lights go up. And that means only one thing. Mariah Carey ex canon is coming. Now I can't drop the all I want from Christmas is you music and that the instrumental because we can't afford it and they will flag it. <laughs> they will literally bleep out the whole segment. But imagine that playing in the background. It is time. And a Mariah Carey is coming full circle this time around and she's someone else who is um making her rounds and also coming back and making like I said a full circle moment with someone who I I knew that she didn't have a personal issue with um but I guess people you know that I don't know but Mariah Carey announces Apple TV plus Christmas special plus new song with Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson this is, again, coming from Love B. Scott, and these articles are always in the description box um, of any of these shows. You can click it and read these articles for yourself. Now, Mariah, if you have not seen the ad for this um, show, Mariah Carey looks great as usual. Perfectly, I want Mariah Carey's editors. I want to look like her. I want... This this bitch is amazing. First of all, y'all know how I am. This is a Mariah Carey stan podcast. She does no wrong. She has never done any wrong and she never will do any wrong. Okay, so let's start there. But 
All that being said, I am excited about this Mariah Carey um, Apple TV segment. Mariah Carey is gearing up to take over Christmas yet again. And this time she's bringing along Ariana Grande, Jennifer Hudson, and some other famous friends along for the festivities. The singer announced a new Christmas special set to debut on Apple TV Plus on December the 4th. Mariah Carey's magical Christmas special will include... Let's get the names. It will include... Oh, look at that picture. She looks amazing. She looks amazing, as usual. Mariah Carey looks bomb. She looks hot tamale. She looks everything. But anyway, the singer announced on December the, uh, that it will premiere December the 4th. And music perform... Per, Mariah Carey's magical Christmas special will include music performances and animation sequences and feature appearances from Ariana Grande, Jennifer Hudson, Snoop Dogg, and more. I love her and Snoop. Everything they've ever done together slays. They are the perfect collaborators to me. Everything. 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 The special will be accompanied by a soundtrack. Of course, you know she's going to give us a soundtrack featuring a new version of Mariah Carey's Oh Santa featuring Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson. They're redoing Oh Santa, which I'm so excited. that They're going to slay that. And a few more in reinterpretations. Now, one thing about Mariah Carey is we all know that she could literally disappear and just pop up in November through January and go home and we don't have to see her again for another year. We all know that Christmas is Mariah Carey's thing and she does it well. It's not corny. It's never sticky. I mean, like, what do I want to say? It's never corny she does it very well sappy she never does it sloppy christmas mariah carey has down to a science and she's here to show the girls how to do it and those girls are ariana grande and mariah i mean jennifer hudson i saw y'all reaching you know girls i know y'all like me i know y'all are fans come on and i think that those two together alone were great accompaniments like you can't ariana grande is doing what she does you know imitating mariah but now girl come and work you know what i'm saying like i think it's you know you want to be mama come on and play with mama and you know come on and clean this help me do this little show together bring your little fans let's get these stream numbers up and let's do the damn thing and i'm excited and i'm here for it now you know how I feel about shows. It's coming out December the 4th. And I'm going to tell you the things that I'm anticipating and what I want to see. One, body and hair. Everybody's got to look good. Everybody has to look good. And I and Jennifer, I want them to give Jennifer. I don't want a blonde wig on Jennifer, but it would be nice. Give me a good Queen Latifah wig. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe a hairspray wig from her. You know what I mean? Like a with a with a, a flip. That would be cute. You know, on a, all I want for Christmas is you. I'd I'd love her to come in on the bridge. You know, or the second verse. You know, all I want for Christmas. You know, I want is you. I want I want that moment. I want that flip. Ooh, 
I want that moment. I want I want Jennifer and our I want that. I need I need all of it and I need I need those bells ringing. I want them to damn near rid the world of COVID-19. I want that kind of festiveness and I feel like it will happen. Um I want humor. I want some of the mean girls. You know Mariah loves mean girls. I want to see appearance from Lindsay Lohan if she can. Rachel McAdams. I love a little Mean Girls at Christmas sketch. Um, the of course the we we of course are gonna get them babies and them dogs. You know what I'm saying? Like I want Mariah. I want funny Mariah. I want her on the forefront, and I want it to kind of double back on her book and her life story. Why Christmas means so much to her after reading her book and all that. I want her to discuss that a little bit in a more of a of course, in a festive manner, I want high production performance. I want those kind of, I want, a, I want a moment. I want to watch it and forget how horrible 2020 was. And I believe the girl who can do it is Mariah fucking Carrie ex nay Cannon. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think she can do it. And I'm excited about it. I know y'all are, if you listen to the show and you are not a lamb, you don't have an, like to me, like how people really don't have a a reason to vote for Donald Trump. You have no reason not to like Mariah. She has a song for everybody. She works hard. She wrote all of them. She's crafted. She's gifted. She's beautiful. She's extra, but she can also bring it back and disappear on our asses. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mariah is that girl and y'all if you know how inspiring she is for me I'm a singer songwriter as well Mariah Carey is that girl for me and I'm excited to see her Christmas special on Apple TV do y'all hear her like do you hear her whining she's not whining she's snoring Luna is snoring if you can hear that that's what that is but again Mariah Carey's magical Christmas special premieres 12-4 December the 4th on Apple TV plus and I, I, I have an Apple TV subscription so I'm I'm locked in I'm there I don't give a fuck what I have to do that day I got an hour and a half car from you Miss Mariah Carey forever okay I want to go see her I'm so mad I was I planned to go see her in um Vegas this year didn't she plan on doing a Christmas uh, performance but I'm not going with all this COVID stuff I don't think she's really doing it anymore of course um, but I wanted to see Mariah Carey, her Christmas show this year. I want to take my kid. That's something that I'm looking forward to taking my, my kids to, you know what I'm saying? Like Mariah Carey around Christmas is a big deal to me. I have her, her, all I want for you. All I want for Christmas is you as a ringtone. And I just turned it off. Like it was in my ringtone, my, not my ringtone, my morning alarm, probably until April. That's how I woke up around the quarantine because I didn't have to use it anymore. <laughs> I just changed it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think I might, it's going to be my ringtone. I'm out morning alarm from here on out. It just, that sound like that is godly. Like that was those bells and that vocal arrangement and that key change and those big black bitches singing in the background. 
it heals. And I like them bitches, please forget about it. Like that is going to be some healing for America and the world. 12 the 4th. But anyway, we go on. The band plays on. We are on the last segment of the show. Now, if you are just tuning in, make sure you follow, subscribe, like, rate, and comment. Review the show. Um, give me my five stars. I am a five star biatch. Okay, I don't do the show. This is actually pretty. It might seem really easy and laid back, but this bitch is a whole operation. Um, it takes all week. I do a lot of research all week with um a co show showrunner and it's a lot on top of everything that I do. So I would love to hear your feedback. I love the feedback from the Dawn interview last week. I'm loving the feedback so far. Um, I'm so glad that you guys are loving my little show and it's just growing and growing and growing and growing and people, you know what I mean? Like they can't hate it. They gotta, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is fun. This is some good shit. I'm talking, I'm telling it like it is. I'm telling the truth. You can't lie. I never lied on this bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's fun. This is the most fun you'll have in an hour. So, and I'm glad that y'all share it with me every week, but we're going to move on to my, I, I say it's my favorite segment because, um, it's kind of raunchy. It would get a little raunchy. Sometimes we get a little bit vulnerable and I share things with people who I normally wouldn't even share. I don't even know. I'm, I'm realizing I'm sharing it and it's our love and relationship slash I call it the sex segment. And we get a little spicy. I kind of, this week I kind of decided to keep it a little cute and give you 32 subtle signs. You're for sure falling in love with your person. And this is coming from, of course, Cosmopolitan.com. Shout out to Cosmopolitan.com, the usual suspect for our love, sex, and relationship segment. All right, let's run them down. Let's run them down. All right, you are all like ex who? Oh, you mean you haven't thought about the ex recently who you, let me remind you, made a finsta for in order to, <laughs> in order to stalk guilt-free? Yep. The good news is, my friend, if you are no longer trolling your ex's social media account, you're engaged in making memories with your new love. This is a psychiatrist and mental health consultant, Rhonda Maddox. Okay. I'm there. I'm there, but I'm not with anybody, but I am in love with the idea of moving on. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I'm still kind of hung up on my ex ex. Like I've had two breakups, but they, they don't feel the same. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they don't feel, you know how none of them really matter because there's one person who's out there with your heart, but I'm kind of learning to, I can't say I got it back, but I'm learning to live without that part of my heart, if that makes any sense. Two, you're craving the cuddles and not the sex. Yep, cuddling emotional feels when you're just as excited to cuddle in bed with them all night as you are to get hot and heavy with sex. That's when you know you're starting to fall in love for real. That's dating and relationship expert Nicole Moore. Laying on your partner's chest fills you with the secure bliss that's like the last part of your orgasm, but extended through the whole cuddling section. Three, you're not counting the seconds until they text you back. 
you know, in the early stages of a relationship when everything is so new and fresh that you consider how long it took them to text you in order to determine how long you should text them back, right? Yeah, TLDR, not worrying about what that means. That means you feel confident that they will, in fact, text you back and not ghost you. That's goals. Four, you make their bed in the morning. Five, you notice that literally everything reminds you of them. Six, you don't feel the need to ask them for their birth chart. Oh, child. I literally ask everybody for their birth chart. Um, when an ex seven, when an ex does pop back into your life, you're completely unfazed by it. Eight, you don't feel constantly anxious about getting hurt. A lot of times people think feeling like someone could really hurt them means they really like someone, which may be true, but it isn't love. No one who loves you will want to make you feel like you're at risk of getting hurt. Yes, relationship takes work. But when you're falling in love with someone, it is at least work you want to be doing, which isn't really work at all. Ten, you don't have to plan your dates around fun activities because you have you just have fun sitting around looking at each other doing nothing as you would if you're riding a roller coaster together or something like that. You get it. You talk about things you'll do together in the future. Twelve, when you say I miss you, it's because you really do miss them after only a day apart. 13, you can't remember the last time you thought about your former fling who broke your heart. 14, things you usually hate seem okay and even fun. 15, you're comfortable with making little sacrifices for them. 16, they're the something good you think about when everything else is really rough. 17, you feel safe when you're around them. 18, you're comfortable enough around them to make bad jokes and be your fully weird self. You might have been trying to impress them before, but now you're cool to hum around the kitchen and wear your pants tucked into your socks when they come around. I don't know why that is my problem. I think that is like my problem immediately in relationships. Like I noticed that if I like somebody and I want to be vulnerable around them, I do the complete opposite of normal people. I literally throw them the weirdest shit that I can do the weirdest conversation I'm just nervous and so I will be the weirdest self like I would I literally will go up to them and tell them the most darkest secrets of mine to see if they can handle it and see if they run away and if they can handle it then I start pulling back and normally it attracts the crazier dudes now I'm starting to understand and so when they realize that I'm actually very tamed and homebodied and actually very sane it's weird when I should just really try to just hold it in and be normal (laughs) um anyway so you 19 you keep things out in public that you know they'd love stuff you used to walk by every day suddenly by the has their name all over it This includes also random corgi socks because they love corgis or a favorite flower of theirs. 20, they're your person. 21, you're not worried about scaring them off. 22, little things like going to the grocery store are better when they are around. 23, they annoy the hell out of you, but you still want to be around them. 24, you don't freak out if they call you. 
we talked about that last week about people having phone anxiety, which I really don't understand. Like, I don't get a phone anxiety kind of thing. So I will literally call you. I'm like, I'll call you, call you, call you, call you, and, you, and I think it's weird that you don't, like, want to hear from me. I think that's so strange, and I don't understand it. And I'm like, why are you so shy? We're all adults. What is the big deal? But so many people are have, like, weird phone anxiety, which I think that that is so strange. Um, 25, when they're sad, you're genuinely sad, too. 26, you're actually entertained by their cutest fuck childhood photos. I literally find myself literally, like... When I'm stalking somebody that I like, because I'm a total Capricorn, so I'm going through and I'm trying to see who their mama is, who their auntie is, learning information about who they are. And I just started talking to them. That is the truth. Like, I would literally find your Facebook. And then so sometimes the last dude I had like a crush on, I found his baby picture and I thought it was the cutest thing. And I saved it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I saved it as their caller ID. Like. And prayed to God that they would never see it. I actually did it to my ex, too. Um, Like, I had his... He posted a picture. He has a bunch of pictures of him as a baby. And I, like, literally screenshot them. And I saved them as his caller ID. And that's so corny. And that's so stalkerish. I'm I'm a nut. Okay, anyway. 27, you'd rather stay in and do nothing with them than go out. 28, you want to show them all of your favorite things. 29, you have to restrain yourself from talking about them with your friends all the time. We all know that bitch that's like, you know, Robert, or we know that dude, you know, Richard, or that girl, you know, that guy, oh, Kylie, Carol, you know, everything someone says, you know, girl, last night I had some grapes with my wine and it was so tacky. I can't believe I put frozen grapes in my wine. You're right. Richard does that. And it's so tacky, but it's so cute when he does it. Like, such an eye roll moment but when you love somebody you really can't help it 30 you've started thinking about introducing them to your family 31 you regularly catch yourself doing deep dives off of their instagram and the best part is you aren't even scared of accidentally liking a photo because you're the part you're past the point of feeling like you'll freak them out if you do 32 you want to do things you've already done again so they can be there with you this time oh time to take a return trip to grand canyon so you can kiss them while the sun goes down and not care how cute or gross you look you're in love damn it and you don't care who knows it i've been there in spurts but i'm not i'm not there I'm not there. I still don't. I don't trust guys. I I mean, like, I get it, but I don't. <laughs> I, I'm still very Kaya. Don't trust these niggas. And that's how it's going to stay. Like, I don't I, I can't imagine me being. I don't know. I, I love and I love hard, but there is always this part of me that is ready to pump brakes or eject or jump you know what i'm saying like always like when shit gets too tough or you start playing games or you don't do what i need or peace you know what i mean like we could be doing all of this and you can say and then you slip up and you say the wrong thing all right get the fuck out but one day one day do y'all relate do y'all do y'all understand let me know tweet me at carmine davis 
you know, let me know. Um, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Last week, you know, comments and everything blew up. Last week with the whole Dawn interview. And um, I would love to hear y'all's input on this topic. So hit me up. But that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening again this week. I appreciate you. I love you. I thank you. And I will see y'all next week. God bless y'all and y'all be safe.